What's going on, Misfits? I hope you are enjoying this wonderful weather we are having here in New York City and wherever you are in the world. The seasons have officially changed. With that said, I have to keep it funky. Yes, I know I've missed a couple weeks, but that's because I've been on the road. I recently opened for the amazing, iconic, legendary Wanda Sykes at the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston. Sold out show. Amazing time. I also recently opened up for Russell Peters. Thank you for all the people that came up to me afterwards and said hello and that you've been listening on the podcast. I appreciate you. So what am I doing now? Well, right now I am back in New York City. I am resting and relaxing before I get started on a couple other exciting projects. Projects that I cannot tell you right now. You already know one of them is writing my book. Um, also, apparently, uh, your girl has been going viral. That's been happening. I have a tweet that I said about Kanye West uh, um, that got retweeted over 150,000 times or whatever, liked or whatever. But yeah, I had to shut my phone off for a little bit. So that's been happening. And, you know, I don't even really want to spend all the time talking about Kanye because like right when we were really about to delve into how wack he is, Donald Glover came out and like rejuvenated black America. So we're just going to like end it on a high note. Speaking of blackness, which has no correlation, uh, this week's guest is Dan Soder, comedian, actor, writer, all around great guy. I call him an ally. He really is because he's really informed and has a good opinion about things that happen in the world. And you will hear all those opinions on this podcast. Be sure to check him out. Be sure to follow my mailing list so I can tell you all these exciting things. So go to ChloeHillier.com and join my mailing list. Of course, I'm back with a vengeance. You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. And we are coming to you from a beautiful New York City park. You hear the birds chirping. I'm sitting on a bench with my white ally. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Dan Soder. Hi. Hey. Um, I'm actually helping make all the bird noises. (laughs) We're just sitting in a a studio in Midtown, high atop. Or are we actually in a park? We are in a park. Yeah, this is I gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful. It's like the first beautiful, beautiful spring day. Yesterday was nice, but today it's like eighties in the eighties. I um, I want to be more confident and be comfortable in shorts. Yes, but I'm not. Why are you not confident in shorts? Because I have uh, skinny calves. Who gives a shit about you're a skinny guy? Yeah, but I have like, I have I've said this before. I have legs that looks like I was just healed in a tent, <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, I feel weird why out of the house in shorts but today i was like all right let me go wear jeans and i'll gauge where 86 is because it was 86 degrees yes so i was like let me gauge for the rest of the summer now i know i have my 86 gauge i know up above 86 shorts weather just deal with it below 86 i can wear okay so first of all if if people didn't like your legs no one's gonna come up to you and say i don't like your legs i just hate them yeah, but you're not looking at them when you're walking in the shoe. You're just feeling a cool breeze that's going to tunnel up that pant leg so, up to your scrotum. And yeah, you'll be so much point. better. I mean, the science behind your argument, I yeah. can't even argue with. Let your balls have a wind tunnel. Oh, you know what? Let me. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy myself a new pair of shorts. Of course. Well, I mean, what were you going to wear? Like, I, uh, first of all, also, do you? So, would you wear your shorts on stage? No. So the, no. when would you when would you win your shorts? <laughs> these I would, would be your um, civilian shorts. Yeah, these are just like for I'm out and about. 
And yeah. then I bring jeans because I usually do that sometimes in the summer. 2015 was the summer of linen where I found out about linen shorts. <laughs> and then I kind of look like I kind of look like a um, half guitar roadie, half guy going to a sex party. Yeah. Just in these like loose fitting shorts. Yeah. And they're like, what are you doing? But it was the most comfortable summer of my yes, life. Do it. And you should bring it back. Yeah. I found a pair of Marshalls when I was on the road of linen shorts. And mm-hmm. I was like, what is this material? Oh, my gosh. You're so deprived. Yeah. So I started wearing, I had a pair of gray and tan linen shorts and it was. Do you still have them in your closet? Yeah. I think that might have to. Bring them back out. 2018 might have to and do And get the, you a nice slipping, slipping shoe. Cause your sneakers are hot too. You got a motherfucking velvet, crushed velvet, uh, Air Force Ones, my homie. You know? With black socks. So the heat on heat is real. I mean, my feet are heat. Yeah. <laughs> my feet are just pure heat. I never thought I'd be able to say that as a, as a giant corny white dude, but my feet are pure heat. Yeah. Mostly cause they're hot. Yeah. I'm overheating. That's what I'm saying. Should I go full Colorado white trash and start wearing Tevas? Yeah. Just a good Teva. Yeah, go in. Why not? For what? Listen, we just before we started recording, we talked about how we admire someone, Ari Shafir, for being so free and Dave so Temple's calling you. And so Hi, you Dave. know, chill. I just uh, swiped yeah. no on that. Um <laughs> but yeah, so be you. Yeah. Be you. Yeah, I think I was like, um did you grow up? Only child? I agree. Yes. I have a brother, though, but I was the only child. Okay, so I was the same. 15. We were 15 years apart. I, that was, I, had a, I had a sister 12 years older. Yeah. So I, but I grew up an only child. And I think I feel like I never knew what I was doing wrong fashion-wise until it was too late. So that's why I'm always like, um, should I wear shorts? Do it. I mean, my brother is 22. Yeah. And um, every once in a while... He stays with me when he's home from from school break, and he's graduating, and in like three weeks from college, yeah. and so he's moving in with me. Okay, but whenever he stays, and he'll come out, he'll be like, "What do you think about this?" And I'll be like, "Absolutely not." See? There's a spot and a rip in the sleeve. Take it off. And, and he's I, like, I would it's comfortable. Go, oh I'm like, yeah, no. I am. Way, me and your brother are on the same side as no. far as how clothes go with us. No, I'm like this feels good because it's broken in, and they're like everyone's like it looks worn. So you've done late night, right? Yeah. So what did you wear when you did late night? Uh, my first late night, I did Conan, but I was doing um, the Guinness tour. I was like hosting these live shows for yeah. Guinness, so they bought me really nice clothes. So I just knew the clothes they bought me were nice, so I just wore the, some of those. And were they were they nice? Yeah, yeah, it was a really nice okay. button down shirt. But you didn't good. do you didn't do any. Um Shopping? Suits. You didn't do a no, suit. I haven't done a suit. The only suit I have is from when I did a web series with Morgan Spurlock, and they <laughs> tailored a two hundred dollar suit. Is it a good looking suit? It's pretty good. I mean, I, I usually use it for. I gotta buy a suit, don't I? You, first of all, yeah. First of all, and we're gonna get into your tweet because I could talk about your fashion sense for a long time. Okay. You have to buy a suit because you're on fucking television, Dan. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to wear a suit. Yeah, but you need to be able if somebody if somebody says, "Hey, Dan, we're having this big exclusive party arty arty yeah. come through." Guess who's coming in his $200 suit tailored oh to the gosh, nines. No, you need you need at least 2 to 3 suits. You need a suit for every season. You really? Need, yeah, you need a winter suit and you need a summer suit <sighs> and you need an in-between casual suit. So you have to have like you need something I need a suit angel to help me go buy suits. You need a woman. I need a, I need this all of a sudden, this music needs to kick in. Don't, 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 don't. A pretty woman. It's me coming out in suits, huh? Yeah, you need a woman. You need a woman in your life, okay? Or at least a stylist friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stylist friend, I think at this point would probably be easier than a woman. <laughs> we'll get to women later. Yeah. Uh, Dan, can you please read us your social 
media post? Um, my social media post was responding to a tweet from Dennis Miller, babe. Uh, it said, my tweet was, is the siren how, I just realized we're right by Beth Israel Hospital. So oh, it's fine. Let's not hope that a lot of people are in, like, your podcast is just going to be sirens. Yeah, no, they'll be fine. I, I can, I edit my podcast. I, I'm not lazy like that. I make the sound sound good. We oh, can really? wait for it. Yeah. You let's can get rid of all go. of this there background noise. Let's wait for it to. And it's not, it's, it's an, it's an ambulette. Ambulette? What's an ambulette? That's a small van one. That's not like the big ambulance. Oh, that's like a like a it's baby, a baby. ambulance. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby ambulance. Uh, all right. So I was responding to a tweet and I wrote, remember when Dennis Miller was a comic instead of a joke hall monitor? What a dork. And the tweet I was responding to was Dennis Miller, who tweeted, what a horrible human being Michelle Wolf is. I'm going to read up on her over the next couple of days and I'll have a few brutally mean jokes about her by Wednesday. By the way, it's Wednesday. If, by the way, what comic does that? I want to see if he has any jokes. Probably not, because he got roasted for having to uh, do research. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't tweet about her. He has a new episode of the Dennis Miller option. First of all, nobody Ew. gives a fuck about Dennis Miller. No. And you know what's funny, though, is more people than you think were talk shit back to me for that. Really? For something that I was like. All these people are like, and who the fuck are you, loser? And you're like, all right, what? <laughs> because you know what it what? is? It, because they're probably of his same demographic. And they it's like whenever you attack somebody who's like in their in their age range, they're like, who are you, kid? Yeah. Who, how guy dare working? you? This guy once had a TV show. Listen, like, I liked cares. Dennis I Miller. used to like him too, but then he went, he got, he, he started, but you know what it was? He started pandering. The second people start pandering. It yeah. gets real as a comic. It's almost now. Like, can you explain what pandering is? Because I feel like people hear that word, but they don't really understand what it means. When you pander, comedy. I think you um, you write jokes or have opinions that appeal to a specific base that helps you make more money. That's pandering. It's like when you watch a television show, the first season, first season, and the characters are like really cool, and then the next season they're like super archetypes of yeah. whatever they kind of were before. Yeah, that's why I stopped watching a lot of TV shows because by the second season, I'm like, why is this person who was like quirky now full blown retarded? Yeah, I've just I've also seen, and I'm talking specifically about comedians that just go like, well, I am having success with liberals, so I'm just gonna go full liberal, mm. like go all the way, and it's like, I understand if you have liberal social opinions i have liberal social opinions but isn't it kind of better to keep yourself in the middle to take shots at them if you need yeah. to be to yeah. write jokes about them well, which is what michelle wolf did she yeah. did jokes on both sides i was very proud of her very very proud of her and also full disclosure we know michelle it's not like we don't know who she is like yeah she's one of my best friends yeah so yeah she's not one of my best friends uh, okay. and i'm not going to act like she is now that Good. she's blown up because people started posting pictures of her on instagram like oh me and michelle way back in the day so and funny. let me tell you something right now that's so weird it's so weird chloe because <laughs> and here's just the real thing like michelle's one of my closest friends yeah like michelle's the Legit. person like i probably i probably talked to her on the phone two to three hours a week mm-hmm. and then we see each other yeah so that's that's like a that's that's a good friendship i didn't even think of posting a picture of me and michelle because i was too busy talking to her about it i yeah. was like how you doing are you feel i was checking up on her making sure she's all right because yeah. that's a fucking major thing people don't realize that is going and hosting something like the white house correspondence dinner is the biggest mm-hmm. fucking thing which means it, outside of com outside of comedy for a comic for a comic to do that mm-hmm 
it's like hosting the Oscars. It's like hosting yes. something like just found out Che and Jost are going to host the uh, Emmys. That's awesome. Oh, great. That'll be great. But I'm saying like, but what Michelle did specifically was go in there and take shots at people. Who have no idea who she is. And, and don't have know no interest. Comedy, no vested interest yeah, in comedy. None. And went in there and was like, I'm going to fucking Burn this shit down. Yeah. And call them out on their shit, mm-hmm. which they don't get called out on. No. Because what they do is, especially in the cable news era, it's just yelling over each other at all times. Mm-hmm. Till the commercial break. Till the commercial break. And then hopefully someone says something sensationalized or tantalizing enough that you're like, well, I'm going to come back because these two people are clearly going to fight. Yep. And then it goes viral. Isn't that weird that like human beings are such an aggressive species we're such an aggressive species that that the way that we've tampered down violence has popped up in other ways through mm-hmm. aggression like instead of violence now it's like passive aggressive shittiness on the internet yes and it's passive aggressive like well that's your opinion and it's like well also the thing that kills me the most is how people hear what you say but then they misconstrue it to fit their narrative like yeah. immediately after you said it and it was like no i just said the sky yeah. is blue yeah and like, like how did but you... you said the sky was blue but in the tone of maybe you knew yeah. it was wrong yeah like, no it just that's i just said it. i said what i said there was this guy i waited tables with and he was like um this is right when like Twitter was getting popular. Facebook was really big. It's 2011. And I, the, your your year recall is so impressive. People have said that to me before. I, I think don't know any years. Really? Oh. I don't. I'm bad with names, though. Oh, I'm I'm not the best with names, but I'm definitely <laughs> like, not right, good well, with time frame. You're like, I suck with that too. Because so you were like, I moved because I asked him before we were walking to the park. He goes, Yeah, I moved to New York uh, January. 14th. Six. Look, 6, 2007. No, I can't. You know why? Because it was, uh, you're from New York. Yeah. And so this is all, I, t- I explained this to my friends from New York is you grew up in the great, the greatest city in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you grew up in like, there's, listen, not that there's not a tremendous amount of problems yeah. and real fucked up but shit. But the opportunities are like, but j- you know, just actually culturally. being around it. Yeah. Because I explain this to people when I go to New Orleans and I go and I live here, I love history yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah because it goes back like you're mm-hmm. standing where, where we're sitting right where you and i are sitting in this park on second avenue and 18th street yeah 500 years ago mm-hmm. might have been a park yeah where i'm from in denver 125 years ago it was sioux and arapaho and cheyenne <laughs> yeah. territory and so it's like crazy for me because growing up they were like you would like go to a reservation and you'd be like but this is yeah this wasn't this just their land and like yeah. oh, no, 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 this is now it's a mini mall now well, it's a suburb and you know what's so crazy it's like all the towns in the midwest are so they're still named after native american names it's hilarious oh i grew up in arapahoe county yeah and then people like oh yeah no they weren't what are you talking about there weren't that many indians well yeah. every district in your town is named after a native american name wolf gives me shit for this because she says that that's how she does i'm in my mid-30s because i'm all about dad knowledge now because i'm reading <laughs> up on the west because I find uh, the Pacific Coast Railroad and a lot of things like that, like a lot of people don't acknowledge the fact that the Pacific Coast Railroad split the major buffalo tribe in two. Mm. So a lot of the migration where the food oh, was, stop. they came down and for some reason, buffaloes don't cross train tracks. <laughs> Can you blame like, them? No. But they're like, I ain't fucking going over there. Yeah. And that was like. So and also they and also Native Americans didn't herd them. They don't. They didn't. They never herded. No, they never herded them. They, they, were, they would hunt they, one, use all of its. They were wild. So it's yeah. not like it's not like. In but the they other would track country, them yeah. and they would hunt another other game, but they never herded them. So anyways, my, the, my point is, is when I moved to New York, I was like, I'm still a fan, even though I've lived here for 
11, 12 years. I'm like still like. Did you watch Gangs in New York? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's I like, like I mean, I like the movie because it, it showed like historic New York City and but how it's like crazy. Yeah. You just go down there, like that's Wall Street. Mm-hmm. You walk down to Wall Street, and you're like, this is where fucking gangs in New York was. Yeah, people don't realize that Wall Street was actually a for real wall that protected the the people that came here from the Native Americans that lived on the island. That's they, insane. They built a wall to protect them from the because the island of Manhattan is yeah. an island and it was pure forest and swamp water. Yeah. So they literally all the settlers that came here, they built a wall. To protect them from the Native Americans on the other side of the northern part of the that island. That is insane. Um, what, what what was the original tribe on Manhattan? I was just saying it this morning. Um, uh, not the Iroquois. No, Iroquois oh, and the, uh, the La Pop, uh Like the Manhattan, like the Manhasset, like Manhattan, Long Island. I just watched uh, Colin Quinn's New York Story. Oh, which yeah. is how do you how do you like that as a native New Yorker? I like it, but I I like it, but I don't. I don't really like his delivery because it's so fast and it's yeah. so much information. And I think he glosses over a lot of things where he could sit in some pockets a little bit more. Okay. Like performance wise, I feel like uh, I think intellectual knowledge wise is a lot of stuff, but he kind of definitely has to oversimplify things because it, it's so, yeah, it it's moves so fast. rapid. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's sort of like, I, I feel like he was, I feel like he was like, I wanted to tell him like, like take, take a breath. Well, what's crazy is, is if you read the coloring book, which is his book, mm-hmm. basically that's as I called him, it's like, I told Colin that I was like, if you, if people see the show, tell them to read the book like it's like it's the director's cut, yeah. like it's the Redux, like you want to see the whole version, mm-hmm. because he's got great jokes in there that are that dive down deeper, like the difference between an Irish mom and a Jewish mom, yeah, and it's like so funny. But that bit was so fast, and it was so fast. Time. But then you read it in the book, and it's like three pages, and it's so good. Yeah, like the payoff's great. So I just love stuff like that. But yeah, moving to New York, that's why I can recall years, is because I'm like. I love living here. Yeah, no, I don't know any years. And I don't, yeah. even when I travel, I don't know. You don't want to what? I, even when I travel, I don't, I mean, I've, I've gone to places across the world and I don't know what year it was. <laughs> it's fun. I'd be like, oh, I went to Barcelona and I have no, I can't tell you the year. I just, is, I'm uh, terrible with it. I don't know if you were watching the most possible passionate conversation I've ever seen between two people in my life. Oh yeah, there's the a man and a woman who are straddling each other on the bench. But they about have been holding and kissing. And they are easily How both over 50. And I haven't felt that, that most passionate 34 in 11 years. How do you feel about PDA? Since we're about what? Part? There's a lot of couples out here. I'm pretty sure people thought that we were together until we broke, broke out these microphones. <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, they're just sitting in the park. Okay, now they're interviewing yeah, each yeah. other. So like, we look like a, uh, we look like um, two newscasters that just do this yeah, even yeah. when they sit down. Yep. Coming up. What you don't know about Beth Israel Hospital. Yeah. Well, are you into PDA? Um, I like hand-holding. I like quick kisses, but not like... Tongue. I'm yeah, not, not going to tongue you in the street. What's that? I wouldn't tongue you in the street. Not yeah, you, like, but a man. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is how we get there. Yeah, I think... Um, when people are over the top... I've been over the top and obnoxious. It's always involved alcohol. First of all, alcohol kisses are the worst kisses oh. in the world. You know what it is? It's like when you were, it's like when you're out of breath when you were young and you try to get water out the yeah. water fountain. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> it's gross. It's just gross. And you're just moving your head and you're pressing yeah. into each other's mouth extra hard. It's just too much. Yeah. I love the. Um, the that dog has the biggest like you balls could, you could, I've seen on the look at that dog. His balls are so whoa. big. He's almost got perfect balls. Yeah. This little They're like, perfect. white. Like marbles. Yeah. 
And the guy that's uh, walking him is clearly like an old punk rock New Yorker. Yeah. That probably got some cheap apartment in the neighborhood. Cigarette in his mouth. Cigarette in his over. mouth. Had no idea what we were doing. Clearly doesn't know what a podcast he was st- is. very much staring at us. He was staring at us like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Um, all right. So back to Dennis Leary and yeah. uh, Michelle. Well, so Listen, he's got more heat on him than the Ayatollah in 87. Am I right, babe? <laughs> Seriously, Chachi. So Why he, go after a girl with curly hair? Fuck him. Wait, I think, first of all. Oh, hold on. The siren's going to. Ambulance? Uh, yes, that's what that says. Ambulance? A-M-B-U-L-N-Z. Who thought it was a good idea to make ambulances cool? I'm pretty sure that's like an Uber we, ambulance. Yeah. Hold on, guys. My ambulance is on the way. <laughs> He's got a four-star rating. He just revived a guy this morning. So when people got mad at you about your Dennis Leary tweet. Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller. Yeah, I don't know. Why Please learn that. your Dennis. <laughs> Please learn your white Dennis. Yeah, my white Dennis is Dennis Miller <laughs> and Dennis the Menace. Those and are Dennis the three the white Dennises. Um, what was their biggest concern about your tweet towards him? Oh, that I was being um, like soft. What was it? Oh, like it was always like, "Who are you?" And then a couple dudes were like, "Oh, well, aren't you?" Um, he's like. Because I called him a hall monitor. There's a couple of people that are like, well, aren't you a hall monitor now? I'm like, for for what? He didn't make a joke. Yeah. Che had this post on his Insta story that's made me laugh. And I've thought about it a lot since the Dennis Miller thing where uh, they were talking about Roseanne. And Che was like, I believe in the motto from Planet of the Apes of ape don't kill ape. Mm-hmm. Ape doesn't kill yeah, ape yeah, yeah. with comics. Yeah. And I'm like. I, it was something that when you read that, you're like, oh, that's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel, but never been put into words. So when Dennis Miller did that, it kind of broke that rule for me. Mm-hmm. And so then it became like, well, fuck you. Well, because you were, because he was trying to kill an ape. He, he was trying to kill him. Michelle. Yeah. And I, I but saw he didn't that. didn't know her. Yeah. But that's, that's the, that's the misstep is like, why would you, why would you premeditate that you're going to attack somebody? Then just attack them. Why are you going to say, oh, she's, she's insufferable. And then I'm going to do research and come up with jokes about it. You're I'm, a comic. You should already have jokes about I'm, it. I'm Chloe. I'm going to make a joke about you. Please. In I wish you would. four days. That what just shows that you are rusty as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I snap yeah. sessions. White comics don't really snap on each other as much you're as wrong. black comics. Wrong. Oh, we Wrong. just don't see it. You just don't do you it guys in front don't of mixed company. And you guys don't see, and we don't see you guys snapping. I'll jump in with you guys are snapping on each other, but we, there's a lot of me and my friends, especially. There's a we call yeah, we just bust each other's balls all the time. Yeah, I mean, I do an impression of Michelle Wolf to Michelle Wolf's face, <laughs> and she's fine with it. And on our radio show, I did Def Jam Michelle Wolf White House Correspondence <laughs> Dinner, which possibly when i told it to her she just started dying laughing because you know when you when someone's got a good one on you yeah. you're like fuck that's good but i mean i i opened for bobby kelly so i'm like one of the children of the table mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so growing and up all like, they do is razz on each yeah other. and keith and bobby were beating on me yesterday and oh so i God. just I, I, it's it's funny because when you're not around it for a while you're like oh yeah i gotta sit in this yeah and you, then you fire one sit, off yeah i don't really snap i don't i'm not really good at snapping in the middle of the session but i'll say something that when i actually do say something they all say damn chloe why are you so mean that's so funny because that's what i'll do i'll wait on it and i learned how to machine gun it so yeah. people don't you save up a couple mm-hmm. like a like an ayukin yeah. from street fighter like hup, dup, 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 dup. you just hold it like bam because when i first got into the cellar i was just going for necks and everyone's like <laughs> jesus man and you're like yeah well you look dumb and yeah. like what the fuck dude yeah i uh i got one on bobby kelly at um lenny marcus's wedding mm-hmm. where he was wearing this and mike vecchione still laughs about it <laughs> mike vecchione's my roommate and 
uh, Bobby didn't laugh at it. <laughs> he was wearing these glasses. Jim Norton, Vecchione, and I get our food and we're walking to the table and I go, God damn it, Bobby. You look like the only, you look like the, uh, the only factory owner in a small town. <laughs> and he goes, what the fuck does that mean? And like everyone else was laughing. And that's my favorite in a snap session is when you get someone to come out of it. Yeah. To be like, and that's what Michelle did. Yeah. She got a bunch of people to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And if you come out of it and go back in, I understand that because that's pride. Yeah. But when you tweet something like she's a terrible person, you're like, you butt hurt wuss. Yeah. He's mad that he's not doing it and nobody would ask him to do it. No one cares. Who do you think they're going to get to do it next Greg year? Greg Gutfeld. Really? I truly believe that. Wow. I think it's done. It's the way that Norm MacDonald ruined it for comics hosting sports shows. Yeah. Sports award shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the classic one. Yeah. The OJ murder bit, which <laughs> if you watch that, please, if you're listening to this, go on YouTube and watch Norm MacDonald's joke because of Ken Griffey Jr.'s reaction. Because <laughs> the joke is Charles Woodson just wins the Heisman. And this was like 1995, and Norm MacDonald goes, Charles Woodson's here, the Heisman Trophy winner. Charles, they can never take that away from you unless you murder your wife and a waiter. And it goes to Ken Griffey Jr., and he goes, no. He shakes his head and goes, no. And that's the same thing as politicians are like athletes. Mm-hmm. They can't really take jokes because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you got to be open for it. And they're not. They're not. But you know what they are more open for is getting punched or getting hit. Whereas we yeah, are because like that. because they know that they can win when it comes to muscle and might, but when it comes to words, I didn't intellect, realize. I didn't realize how have. much you can fuck people's minds up just sitting in silence. I had a guy talking in the front row of the cellar to his girlfriend, and I was like, "Hey, what are you doing? You're five feet away." And then I just sat there in silence, looking at him, and just watched him just be like, because he could feel everyone was looking at him. Yeah. I was like, "What are you doing, dude?" They don't want that attention. And he's like. <laughs> you're like, yeah, no, no, no. It's like, you know, you're like holding someone underwater. Yeah. You're like, you don't like the silence, do you? You did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. So I just didn't, the, the Dennis Miller thing, I don't tweet. I took Twitter off my phone. I like Instagram, but I took Twitter off my phone because I'm a combative type of person where I would rather, so we were talking about passive aggressiveness, mm-hmm. how violence has just bubbled down into this thing now that comes up with people being mean and critical in ways that yeah. you can't really retort or you can't even rectify. I'm a guy where I'm like, dude, I, this is the story I started with this guy I waited tables with. He was saying shit about my friend via Facebook, via all this stuff and, and being kind of like big. And I went up to him, even to me, and I went up to him at the restaurant and I was like, hey, do you just want to go? You and me can just go two blocks up and we'll fight yeah. and we'll just beat each other yeah. up. And then I guarantee you that there won't be a problem because mm-hmm. either I'll kick the shit out of you or you kick the shit out of me. And I'm one of those people where if you kick the shit out of me, I'll probably learn my lesson yeah. and I won't really, and then we're good. I won't have a problem. He reacted like I told him I was going to rape his mother. <laughs> he was like, what? Why would you say that? And I was like, well, you clearly have an issue. Yeah. And I clearly have an issue. So let's just go solve this thing. And not in a way of like, I'm going to fuck you up, bro. Yeah. Not like a way like that. In a very like. Like I'm inviting you to a duel. We're just going to go fight. Yeah. And we're just going to take it out. And it's funny about the dad knowledge stuff. What I'm reading about like Cheyenne and the Comanche and all mm-hmm. this stuff is they looked at fighting as fun between mm. tribes mm. so yes you might die and yes there's this big thing but there wasn't this like holding on to it and being like animosity of like well i, I think, hate you yeah i think i think modern culture is the only culture where people are afraid to die yeah when you look at ancient civilizations it was prideful like i went to cancun and i went to chitsna itza and they have they show you like their ball court you know yeah. like the infamous ball court where they would play and it used to it used to say that the winners like here we would talk all oh, the winners i mean the losers would die they would yeah. get beheaded and sacrificed and when i went there it was like no 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 the winners the winners 
died. The winners because they left on glory. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. The glorious to die. Yeah. So when well, you hear that's about funny. it. It's crazy you say that because the Cheyenne used to, have, you know, and I think a lot of Native American tribes had the saying of it's a good day to die, which we've adopted in our movies and stuff, but they lived that as a mantra. Mm-hmm. Like if, I, if I've chosen to die, then I'm going to die. I'm yeah. going to die. And if I don't, then it's kind of a disappointment. It isn't until the drifters and the hustlers and the pilgrims came to America and they were like, nah, we're not trying to die. Yeah. But they're also like, if you look at it, it's, it's also a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Stay alive. Yeah. How come you want to die? Prosper. Get Prosper. the American but dream. But if you stay alive, it can get way better. Yeah. It might not, but it can get way better. And that's why it's also like when you see the way that like cancer treatments are linked to like, dude, this, I, I, I don't know where I said it before. I think it might've been on, on the bonfire, but I have a friend who I'm going to see in two weeks who lives in Portland, whose dad had rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. The medication that he was given for his rheumatoid arthritis gave him cancer. Oh no. Which then he had to take medicine. Yeah. For the cancer, all three things, same company. Oh, wow. All three things came same company. The rheumatoid arthritis medication was from the company. The cancer medication was from the same company. And you're like, death, it, and that to me strikes yeah. that fear of death of like, stay alive, fucking whatever you have. If you have to shit blood for 17 years, stay alive. And you're like, why not? Why? Yeah. I, I think I think we have the wrong idea in, in America specifically. Yeah. Because we are, everybody, and that's the reason why you have this money grab, what's going on in politics now, because these people are like, oh, I want to be rich forever. I want my family to be rich forever. (laughs) And I want to be like, well, if you hate the gays and you hate the Mexicans and you hate the poor people, who's going to be running this country that you're going to be like kicking it back and relaxing? And who's going to cook your food? Who's washing your babies? Who's cutting your lawn? Who's building your home? But also, why why is this, it's been marketed that either you're a CEO or you're nothing. Mm -hmm. But there's not pride where like, I used to love when I drank. I used to love going to bars with dudes who were like maintenance men. Yeah. Because they had this. They work When so there's hard. no bullshit behind it. Yeah. When they're not told by the internet, like, you're just a maintenance man. But they're like, like, my dad would drink with a lot of guys like that. We're just like, what'd you do? Like, guy's name Guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gus. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I fixed a carburetor. And he's like, I don't know. Probably going to have a couple. And go they home, talk watch about a game. it. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm, that's what middle America is dealing with. And I think I think the reason why they're so enraged is because they got the internet and they got to see, oh, wait, oh, I'm sh- y'all shitting on me? Yeah. Y'all don't respect the fact that I make the plug that goes to the car that you drive to go to work every day? And then, the, oh, yeah, that's okay. a great point. I didn't even think about Fuck it like y'all. that. Fuck y'all. I hate y'all. Yeah. Why? Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I like stovetop? Yeah. Oh, and he loves yeah. stovetop. I mean, I do. So, I mean, we're, we're getting... We're, now like we're starting to skim into my people where I'm like ranch and stovetop. My family, my family, they do a cor- cornbread stuffing. Okay. That's delicious. Cornbread stuffing. Stovetop to me is just mushy bread. Yeah, I know. I'm, I come from a settler's. I'm from Colorado. That's settler's taste. How far back does your family go in Colorado? Uh, three generations. Yeah. So... That's to not where that some, bad. I mean, it's not that deep. Where were they before that? Ireland. So they moved from Ireland. You're Irish? Yeah, half Irish, half Swedish. My dad's family's Swedish, and they went from, and that's two generations back. Is that why you're tall? Yeah. I got that Viking. Actually, my mom's side, my mom's Irish side is the reason. I have the tall, slender frame from her side. My dad was more stout. Um, Really? Yeah. Wait, but your dad's not in your life. No, he died when I was uh, 14. Wait, but you don't say that when you tell your story on stage. Yeah, I do. You don't say, you say my dad, my dad wasn't around. No, I say my dad died when I was, I have a joke about my dad dying of alcoholism when I was 14. Oh, I never heard that. I just oh, heard okay. you say my dad wasn't, my dad wasn't in my life or something like but that. Well, he's, I mean, he took off when I was five. Oh, okay. And so, then he died when I was 14. So did you find, you found him before he died? He found I mean, you? we would talk, but like alcoholic communication. 
once every two years. Like, so how did you feel about your dad? Shit. You hated him? I mean, ah, uh, no, 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 no. Actually, I was like probably his biggest fan. So were you sympathetic because you knew he he had an addiction problem or you didn't really, that didn't register well? I didn't realize it was the reason he was treating me like shit. I kind of knew, but I, my mom was so anti my dad and I fucking was so anti my mom for a little oh. bit that I was like, he was like punk rock. <laughs> like the way, you know, Kanye's, the way Kanye's yeah. embracing Trump was the way I embraced my dad <laughs> in my mom's <laughs> house where I was like, dad's, dad's a great guy. And my mom was like, he's, he stole $30,000 from me. Like he's a piece of shit. And I'm like, he's a great guy and he doesn't lie. And she's like, where's that birthday card? Where's that birthday? So, I mean, you just made excuses for him. I joked with Vecchione the other week that it's like my parents agreed to make a comedian. It's like my parents were like, my dad in like 1985 was like, here's the deal. Kids two, I'll probably take off in three years. You just ride him into the dirt wow. and then take your hands off the wheels when he's 16. Wow. And that's what happened. Yeah. But like with the internet and stuff, he grew, he, where he lived is a place that the internet, it's like real white trash, Northern California I'm going there next week. Fuck. I'm going there Sunday to, to see family. My grandma lives there. You gonna go see her? Yeah, I go visit my grandma. I'm That's... her only family member left. Oh, how old is she? Ninety. Who does she live with? By herself. Dan, did we we talked about this? Did we talk about? I don't think so. That old people shouldn't be living by themselves. My grandma is. She drives still. No. Yeah. Why? What does she do all day? Hangs out. Hangs out with who? Uh, her friends. She's got friends. It's a retirement community, so she's got oh, a friend, okay, okay, okay. Her friend so Barb, like, her friend Sharon. So she's not in a um, she's, she's not, not in like a house by herself no, ripping up mail for fun. No. Did you see that documentary? There was a documentary about an old no. lady who ripped up mail for fun. Oh. She it was an activity. So all the flyers, all the junk mail that she would get, she would sit there and watch TV and rip it up. That was her activity for her hands and to keep her busy while she. Yeah. No, my like, grandma. My grandma. Um, I can definitely tell that. Like, I like lead her with a carrot of visiting. Like, I'll be coming in May. And so now it's like I get to give her the call today, like, I'll be there Sunday. And she'll be like, oh. And then when I'm there, we just like hang out, talk, play cards. How long do you stay for? About five days. That's really nice. So, I, so I'll fly in Sunday because I'm working Vancouver. Mm -hmm. She lives north of San Francisco. I fly Vancouver to San Francisco, spend with her five days, and then go to Portland from there. And see your mom. No, no, no My mom's in Denver. So I go to oh. Portland to work, then I come home. Okay. My mom I'm, I lives in Colorado. So I see her twice a year. I okay. see both of them twice a year. I try to get four visits in. That's so nice of you. Yeah, Thanksgiving and one other floating one for my grandma. So your mom won't go with you to see your grandma? She did last year because it was my grandma's 90th birthday. So uh -huh. my mom flew out and helped organize the birthday party. That was nice. Very nice. Very, very Do they nice. get along? Yes. In spite of her son? They didn't get along. For, I mean, it took my dad dying for, I think. Actually, it took, fuck, up till, took me making a little bit of money to fly my grandma out for Christmas. And then that's what happened. Then they and then my mom were like, they were cool. I told my grandma, I was like, why don't you come out for Christmas? Because like, she she's alone every year for Christmas. Because I spent it with my mom. Yeah. So. But she has, she has two animals. Or she has a dog now. She used to have two animals. She just has a dog now. But she doesn't like to like, she loves the dog. She can't travel with the dog. But also, it's very hard for my grandma to travel now. I know, because she's 90. And she lives in a rural ass town in Northern California. So who pays for her senior care? I do. Oh, look at you. So nice. Well, she's got Social Security, but then I... You compensate. I mean, yeah, you supplement. I send her money. Yeah. Every month. That's so nice of you. But I, I don't think it is. I think it's what you're supposed to do. It's like weird to me when people are like, it's so nice to me. Like, 
what kind of monster would I be if I was just living in New York and but yeah, like but working. a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't have the means to do that. You know what I'm but saying? But that's what so I'm saying. Well, I didn't have the means for a long time, and mm-hmm. I had the means where like I had to borrow like borrow money from my grandma's friends to go visit her for a long time. Like mm-hmm. I had to fight to get out there. I had to borrow money from my mom because, yeah. like I said, I'm only I, she has two granddaughters, but those are my aunt's kids. They don't really talk to her, so I'm oh. the only one that's like in do her life. Do you talk life. to them? I mean, now no, that you're I don't on, talk to them. Now that you're on TV and stuff, they don't. They don't. I've kind of isolated myself. How? No one's reached out to you on Facebook like, hey, cousin. And I'm not on Facebook. I, I have an active profile, but I don't go on it. I Same thing. I have a Facebook fan page that I link to my other social medias, and I'll just post directly to that, but I don't go on like the private page. Yeah. Um, today, out of the blue, I just got a text from a man who sent me a photo of himself, just his face, no dick, and he goes, hey, it's been a long time. How are you doing? And I'm like, who the fuck are you? That's the worst. And why did you? T- I and I vaguely remember his face, but I don't remember when I met him. Yeah, I don't remember. It, it, but it had to. It had to have been years, like at least six years. Yeah, for you to just text me out of the blue. He texted your phone. Yeah. Do you have Messenger? I have iMessage. I have Apple iMessage. But you don't oh, have Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Messenger. I do have Facebook Message. No, no, no. He texts my phone number. Okay. Okay. I, have I was going to say because I don't take Facebook Messenger off your phone. Why? Because it listens to all my conversations. Well, just there's like if you read the terms and agreements, it uh, like gives Facebook users your phone number. Well, I have it because of fucking comedy and people book me on shit. I get it. I get it. That's why I keep my Facebook member. Uh, so I do? keep it active. I just don't. I just don't go on it. I just don't like. I don't. It's really crazy. Get that many messages. I though. mean, we're talking about Twitter, but it was crazy when I when I gave when I took Twitter off the. Of, the phone and really learned not to care and to treat it like it was which is a website where sometimes you can hear opinions from other people yeah it is so incredible i did it in october and i would almost say it's my life is better i we just talked about I mean, this. you just went, had a viral tweet i just had a viral tweet which um, is by the way one of my favorite lines of the afternoon i go you had like forty-seven thousand likes you went 147 likes i was like oh yeah <laughs> that's a lot more yeah 140 thousand jesus 140,000 likes over 50,000 retweets i commented on kanye west visiting the tmz offices yeah and the one lone voice of sanity and courage uh tmz staffer aka the black guy that everybody knows uh his name is van lathan actually stood up and told kanye nah son you bugging i mean the the way that van lathan came up with that was like that was the most eloquent, perfect, nailed mm-hmm. it. You know when you see people in arguments and you're like, well, and that it, guy just won that. Yeah. And then the clip ends where you don't get to see if Kanye responds. I mean, Kanye it. goes up to him, but then he starts talking like Kanye talk about like Trump and why we should support Trump because he's a has a very hard job and he's trying to do. And he says he's, he's doing things that help business owners. And it's like, not nah, that further confirms what Van said is that you are out of touch. Yeah. You have the privilege and wealth and the fame to live a life that doesn't have to be uh, at, at risk of being impeded yeah. upon by policy because you make a certain amount of money. Because you're in the uh, tax bracket. Yeah, you're in the tax bracket. So it's not even about race with you. It's about wealth. And you sitting here talking about slavery was a choice? I mean, what's what's crazy is, is how the so- socioeconomic problem, people in people at the top of that, the people that are that, that create the bigger divide in, in the economic mm-hmm. differences, have also learned how to play... Um, 
different people against each other in ways where yes. it's like, I mean, it's an age old, it's an age old trick, mm-hmm. but it's just crazy to watch how it advances and mutates and turns into different stuff where it becomes, they start taking identity politics and Absolutely. switching it against each other. And Absolutely. you're like, you know, there's like, there's people my dad used to drink with who I remember liking, mm-hmm. hanging out with that probably politically I would not agree with one thing of them on. But, but like, back then you could still like a person even though you didn't like their politics. Yeah, because you know why? There was that old thing of like, eh, don't really talk. If someone has different politics, don't talk politics. I remember those are rule. You don't talk religion, politics, yep. and money. Yep. Those are the three things. And that's that crazy all generation? we fucking talk that, about. That's it. Like, money. I mean, I remember when I was first started working. I remember when I first started working in, the, in like post-graduation. Mm-hmm. And it was Bush was up for um, re-election. So the 04 election. I'm good with yours. Against, <laughs> yeah. against John Kerry, the old flip-flopper. Yeah. Jo- 04 was Bush Kerry. He was against Kerry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because the first one was Gore. Yeah. Second one was okay. Um, and I remember when I was at work, and you know, I'm like the new editorial assistant at the job, and you yeah. know, election day, and I'm like, oh, so who'd you vote for? And these white women were like, no, <laughs> we don't talk about our politics. Yeah. And I was like, why not? And he was like, we just no. We don't. And now everybody's like, who do? You, the first yeah. question they say when they see you yep. is, who'd you vote for? Yeah, it's like travel wars. It's like you it's, go in there with your fucking blood marks on so your face after you hilarious. voted. That's you so got your red or your blue. You yeah. ready to scrap? Uh-huh. But that's what I'm thinking is the thing that's crazy to me about social media and the thing that it's really perpetuated is bipartisan thinking where it's like, you know who I love is killer Mike because you like him, even though he got his ass handed to him for doing that whole NRA bullshit. Oh, well that's, that's my point exactly Mm -hmm. is I like killer Mike, but I don't agree with the second amendment stance. And so, but I, what I like about killer Mike is that he goes out there and does that and Mm -hmm. can fail. There's this thing in our culture right now where you're not allowed to fail, but people somehow forgot that failure it's the only way for growth. It's the only way for growth. Yeah. So if we refuse to be this thing of like dragging celebrities through the mud, it, it, it's such a double-edged sword because it's like you should be able to fail, but then some people are using failure as marketing opportunities in order to get these things. Like I, I've been really enjoying watching Sypha Sounds kind of lose his shit about Kanye because he's like, he's marketing an album. Yeah. He just keeps screaming it. He's like, he's dropping an album. Mm-hmm. Stop. Just either, like, you know, you're being tricked if yeah. you're not. And what's cr- on the other side of that is, is like sometimes people really fuck up and they should be able to like Louie fucked up. So let's talk about that. One, I want to ask you, what has been your biggest life failure? Not being as more honest with myself and not being allowed, not allowing myself to fail. Mm. Like trying to trying not to fail in a way that I think. I gave, I stopped doing that when I quit drinking. I gave that up. How long ago has it been? Five years. Mm-hmm. And I just used to be like, like I used to be, if you and I were to talk about race, I would be the white, like back when I was drinking, the white guy that would over explain that I'm not racist mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, you know me, <laughs> like, you know me. Yeah. I don't have to explain myself like yeah. that in a way of over explaining myself. Mm-hmm. You should be explaining yourself sometimes, but not But the over explaining me makes me feel like you're not even listening to what I have to say because you're so exactly. concerned with trying to prove that you're one of the good guys. I mean, which is I'd why like, I jokingly called you my white ally. Which yeah. You are, but But I'm saying like if I were to if I were still being that way and yeah. over explaining, I'd be like, Well, first you need to understand that I you know, it's mm-hmm. like uh even I've watched a lot of guys do that with the Me Too movement. And mm. there's a word for it online that I find really funny, which they're called soft boys. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Because they're called soft boys because they're like, I'm 
I'm a feminist and I care. And they're just trying to fuck. And it's like, what's funny about that is I was raised by tough women. Mm-hmm. Like tough, like tougher than men in <laughs> in every aspect. Like my mom's tougher than my dad. Mm. If that makes sense. My mom's fucking been through bankruptcy, Guillain-Barre, two major car accidents, fucking three divorces, just had the shit kicked out of her. And she just keeps advancing like a Mexican boxer. Like just <laughs> take, you know, take one to give two. Yeah. Like that's my mom. That's Trish in a fucking nutshell. And the only men that I've seen have been scared yeah. and fucking afraid and run mm-hmm. away and lied. Self-medicate. Self-medicate. And they fabricate they lives. And- so it's like this crazy thing where like, I'm not a feminist because I just know women are equal. So it's yeah. See, that's my thing. Is like I hate the fact that you have to say that you are for equality. I rather people say that they're not. Like I rather somebody be like, I'm a racist versus like I'm not a racist. Like, you know, I assume that you're not a racist yeah. until you show me that you're a racist. Also, it's like a lot of the times when I see super liberal people overextend with either race or gender, you're almost like, well, what are you hiding? Because that to me is the same way when a conservative overreaches with gay is evil gay is the devil it's like well then who are you fucking whose dick are you sucking yeah because you're clearly gay it's like i've made uh like if i have a joke if i'm if let's say we're like if we're if i'm if we're all hanging out at the olive tree or the stand Mm -hmm. and we're all fucking busting each other's balls snapping on each other if i have a good joke that's a little racist i'm gonna let it go yeah in that room because it's a safe space it's a in that crazy but it's like i'll make vecchione and i make fun of each other's ethnicities because mm-hmm. we're two white guys mm-hmm. so we're trying to angle on each other as roommates and he's italian and i'm swedish and irish so he'll just mock my drinking problem <laughs> i called him a noodle gook the other day and he started dying <laughs> laughing because we're just shitting on each other i go oh you hairy italian i call him an italian and it's just like stuff that's so ridiculous yeah. but that you would be like but by the way if you said in the wrong context or the wrong thing they'd be like and i would have to over explain myself mm-hmm. and so i realized that if you stop over explaining yourself you never have to over explain yourself you're absolutely right and, I, and i'm always when we're talking about like wanting people to like you and you're like i don't give a fuck about that mm-hmm. that's always the thing where i'm blown away and that's something i really respect in people people like you and people like big j mm-hmm. and people like michael che michael che is like i don't give a fuck Sometimes to the point where it's like, all right, dude, give a little bit of a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing with Michael Che is like, it's like, well, do you even like the, your friend? That's exactly what I was just saying. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Where you're like, are we like, do you like me? Yeah. I thought it was like, I thought we're friends. And yeah, I'm yeah. guessing. And Michelle Wolf can get like that sometimes mm-hmm. where you're like, she's gotten a lot better at being human and being like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, um, because my dad just took off and he was my favorite person, that left this big thing of like, please like me. Because mm-hmm. the guy that I like the most just fucking took yeah. off and didn't like me. Mm-hmm. So it leaves this open wound. Do you think he didn't like you or now that you know what addiction is, you just feel like he couldn't? Oh, no, no, no. I think he loved me. I think he just failed. And yeah. I think he couldn't eat it. I don't think he was strong enough. That's what I mean. But my mom has been time and time again. I've had a conversation with my mom where I was like, you were fucking awful from when I was 12 to 16. Like fucking awful. And she was like, yeah, all right, I'm sorry. Like the, one of those conversations okay. where you would never, I would never think of talking to my mom like that. My therapist is like, she's impeding on your life. You have to like mm. push back a little. But see, the thing is, it was, that was interesting, but you just gave a very specific time frame, 12 to 16. It would diff- it'd be different if she still was m- terrible to you and then you would still have to break that to talk about it. Now. Yeah. Well, in a, in a weird way, yes and no. Yes, that would be better because it's a more of a, it's more of a built conflict, mm-hmm. but no in the fact of we were, we're cool. 
So that's a weirder thing. That's like a spiral fracture. Yeah. That's not a clean break. Because mm-hmm. you're like, I got to get in there and still let you know that I love you, yeah. but that we got to clean some shit up. Because I feel like I feel the same way about certain things, but then now I feel like when you're dealing with like a family member or, you know, especially parents, at a certain point, you're like, well, this is just who they are. But I don't believe in that. And you don't. I, I started to change my belief in that because I didn't realize how much anger I carried around towards my grandmother. Because Your my, dad's mom. Yeah, because she allowed him to kill himself. Mm. She allowed him to live with her and drink and not live up to these responsibilities. And I didn't realize it was okay to be mad at her for that. I mean, I don't love her any less. But do you ever communicate that to yeah, her? Yeah, had a conversation with her. How old was she when you broke her 88. heart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, go, I go, Nana, did you go to the doctor soon? All right, good, because I'm about to put you through something. Um, no, but it wasn't. Did she receive that? Because I feel like at that age, like my grandmother's 88. She just turned 88. Yeah. And she has, she's never really done a lot. She's never really done anything specifically to me, but she's definitely impacted like, you know, my mom's siblings. Oh, my yeah. Mom and, and how they deal with their kids. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a trickle down. No, effect. it's all trickle down. effect. Doesn't so, work in economics. Does Definitely yeah, works in family. family. Yeah. Genetics and, and mm. dysfunction definitely mm-hmm. are inherited. Um, so... I know that there's no way that I can talk to her and be like, you know, you could just be a little nice. Like, I See, have blow-ups with her. Like, she gets to the point where if I'm with my grandmother, just she and I for an extended period of time, and I'm talking days, like, if I yeah. go visit her, she'll just work my nerve to the point where I just cannot, like, just be chill. And then, like, I snap out, and then I tell her, but then I have to, like, explain to her, like, I am upset with you because you did this, this, and this, and that, and I'm not going to talk to you for a while. <laughs> Like, I put her on social probation for, like, a, a, a night. That is so funny. And she doesn't drive, and I drive. So I was visiting her in South Carolina, and um, <laughs> she got on my nerves because my grandmother just does not say thank you. She doesn't okay. say please. Okay. And so I always noticed that, but I just never really paid attention. But when you're now 88, 88 and I'm fixing all of your food, oh. I'm, like, helping you get dressed. Yeah. I'm, like, taking care of you, and it's never a thank you. She'll say a prayer, like, if you... <laughs> If you bring her her food, she'll be like, Father God, thank you for the hands that prepared this food. But it's almost like. Is that my I'm, hands or the yeah. person who picked the food? The person who killed the cow or me? Can you please give me a direct compliment <laughs> for once? Yeah. So my grandma would do this thing where she would always. She she, punt, she, she basically made my dad a saint when he died. So mm. when he died, he was. Isn't that a shame? He was so great. I can't believe he died. That was her only kid. No, she has other- two kids. Both of them dead. Oh wow. Um, but when my dad died, she was like, "Oh, he was such a good boy." She'd always say that, mm. and I was like, "Hold on, there's an ambulance. Let's try, Dad. I'm still going to talk about <laughs> you on this podcast." She did this thing where she was like, "There's, there's been two conversations. One of them, she was like, "Oh, your dad was such a good guy," and I was like, "Was he?" Like. Genuinely, was yeah. he? Because he wasn't a good dad. Because he left my sister when she was four. He left me when I was five. So you're kind of like... So do you talk to your sister? She died when I was 16. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, I, there's a perfect recipe for a comic in there. Uh, how did she pass? She got killed in a car accident in LA. Wow. She lived in Los Angeles. She was, Or Riverside. She was from California. Okay. And then I grew up in Colorado. But my mom would bring her into my life. My mom was, was like nine or ten years old. My mom would fly Michelle out and she'd be... Like yeah. in my life. But anyways, my gra- with my grandma, it finally came to that moment where I was like, yeah, he wasn't a good dad. And she was like, you're right. You're right. And it just made me feel, mm-hmm. it confirmed my reality. Yeah. And then the second time was, she was like, your dad loved you so much. And I was like, it doesn't feel like that. 
It really doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. It felt like he kind of liked me, but it felt like... But he like chose that over me. and hanging out with like real white trash over me. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that'll create a little anger in you where you're kind of like... So now when I go back and I'm at the grocery store and I just see these fucking podunk assholes, I'm kind of like, fuck you. Because in my mind, it means like, oh, my dad chose this fucking toothless yeah. asshole Yeah, do they know you? be like, oh, that's so-and-so's son. Nope. Never talked to one of my dad's friends. Wow. Isn't that weird? That, that's alcoholic shit. Yeah. Because when you die as an alcoholic, you evaporate like the puddle of booze that you were. <laughs> Ain't no one there to talk about puddles. Yeah, nobody reminisce. Um, the drinking buddies may every once in a while, but yeah. I don't even know translate? if they're alive. There ain't no way they're alive. How does drinking and uh, the reality of addiction in your life impact your day-to-day life? It, it just made me more aware because I'm still addicted to stuff. I'm still addicted to weed. I'm still addicted to fucking, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think when you find out you're an addict there's like a lot of belief of like you're damaged you'll never be fixed mm-hmm. everything's all right and you're like well then why don't i just use that for me i remember when i moved to new york and i just watched his special last night but when i found out about john mulaney it was so deflating <laughs> because you're like god damn it he's great mm-hmm. like he's just really good and he's my age yeah he's 34 and he's like done so much and then you find out he was addicted to we you know addicted he had a addiction problems and then he just joke writing became his addiction and you're like Mm. oh yeah you can use it you can turn it yeah you can turn it into a renewable fuel source Mm. if you do it right and if you angle it yeah but i definitely stopping drinking i don't think it was substances i don't think it was drugs i don't have problems with drugs my aunt said this to me my dad's sister who passed away from hepatitis c because she took care of my dad and his blood got in her eye or open and she got hepatitis c she was a nurse that's a whole other episode. Um, oh, my gosh. But she said something to me when I was still drinking. And she's like, alcohol affects us differently. It's in our genetics. We just get affected differently. And I was like, yeah. That makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. There's people that are allergic. Like, these trees that are hitting us right now. Oh. If someone that was allergic to it right now, they'd just be breaking out in hives. Yeah. Remember me and you were like, stop. Like, yeah. the leaf hits us. And you're like, stop. Yeah, it's like The Walking Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it really is. It's like this, there's a disease that hits. And alcoholism dead, yeah. fucking tore my dad apart. Tore my whole family apart. My grandfather died of drinking. My dad's dad died of the same thing my dad died of. How long? I just need to know for myself. How long after your aunt took care of your dad did she pass away from hepatitis C? Ten years. But now they have a cure for hep C. Yeah. Now they can cure it. Not when my grandma, I mean, my aunt got a 97. She died in 07. My aunt Karen. Wow. Yeah. And she knew that's why? She knew? Oh, yeah. yeah no, no. She knew. Yeah, she was a nurse. And her kids are the ones that don't talk. So they yeah, but that's a whole show I'm writing for FX. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot when you think about it. Like how one person, one like one thing, becomes a catalyst. It's a ripple. It's, it goes back to like our original tweet. It's like Michelle Wolf disrupted normalcy. Love it in DC. Good. And they had to act like. Oh, we really, we really see what's going on now. Because they had to comment on it. If you don't get the ripples, then there's no effect. So even even Michelle Michelle told me a stat that fucking broke my heart. But did you know that after the White House Correspondents' Dinner, it was the most that Flint, Michigan, had been talked about in 14 months? Are you kidding me? But see, that's why it's important to use your platform. But listen, in the right way, yeah, of course, in an honest way. way. Yeah, don't pander. Yeah. You can still get your shots off. 
Yeah. And you can still make your effect. Mm-hmm. If it, if that's true in your heart and that's what you want to affect. It's like people people don't give Republicans and conservatives enough credit for their for the way that they fight for what they want. Yeah. But it's ruthless. Oh, yeah. It's a ruthless mm-hmm. attitude that... We don't give a fuck about nobody else. We'll is cut, what we want. I'll cut my mother down to get what the fuck and I want. And then I'm going to retire and work in the private sector. And then my kids are going to suck. Yeah. My kids are going to suck. But I think, that's why, I think that's why they do. I think that's why they want that, that cash grab because they know their kids suck. So they're yeah. like, let me just get this wealth popping because they're not going to be of any use. No matter how well I do in my career, if I have a child, my, my child will never know. Oh, you're going to pull a Jackie Chan where they know, but you're not leaving them no money? Oh, yeah. I mean, from the beginning, they'll be like, you're not, this is my money. I'm going to, you know, like, what a great way to tell a kid, like, go make your own shit. Yeah. I did a, you know, I've met wealthy, living in New York, you meet all types of different people and you dating did, apps. you dated some rich yeah. white girls. I dated a wealthy white woman and that was crazy because her brother comes from a rich family and he works. So it's like, okay, one of you guys got it right. Mm-hmm. Even if he is in this wealthy thing, like he has, you know, he like goes to work every day with the same company. If you work for the family's company, you, I don't know. But what's so crazy is they never understood that my money was my money. Mm. No strings attached. Yeah. I give my money to my grandma. I give my money to my mom. Mm-hmm. But there was it's a long choice. time I didn't have it. Yeah, none. And I was worried. And I was eating. You know, I, I mean, shitty fucking food. But you got to me. You got to be poor. Chips. If 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 you're if you're poor, you it's empathy. It's it's perspective. Yeah. It's it's. That's why people in the middle of the country will never understand the kneeling for the anthem because they've never been around black people. And they no. don't understand that society is different for black people than it is for white people. One of the craziest things I think as a, as a white dude is when you acknowledge that things are fucked up, the other white dudes that don't want you to acknowledge that are like, shut up, shut up. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just saying it's different. Yeah. In a bad way. Yeah. For black people. Mm-hmm. And then white people are like, sure, you shut your fucking mouth. And you're like, what? What am I doing that's because wrong? Because they, they don't want to have to acknowledge that it's yeah. fucked up. It's like, you know what I've been doing is going back over with exes because I'm I'm like kind of in the celibacy period where I'm trying to like, I have a Why friend. Why do you wait to the end of this podcast to talk about you being celibate? I'm not celibate. I'm still fucking, but I'm not <laughs> casually fucking. <laughs> I'm not casually fucking. But you can't say you're celibate. It's my own celibacy. What what is your definition of celibacy in this? I'm just not having casual sex. So, like so the, who are you sleeping with? Girls that I date. So you're dating. So you're dating. Date. I'm dating one person. I was, and now it's over. <laughs> so now I'm back to not having sex. Okay, okay, okay. So you're so, so there's you're like not there are no booty calls. No, no. Got of it, that. got it, got it. Okay, okay. So it's okay. not celibacy at all, but it's my own version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've been going back and like trying to make amends with exes. Like talking to them about it? Yeah, a couple. Even the wealthy one I texted. She didn't text me back. Because again, I put out an eight minute diss track on a Netflix special. <laughs> <laughs> but, which I get. And, and God bless. Mm-hmm. To quote Sal Volcano. God bless. Uh, it really is. But I think it's better because when you go back and you acknowledge the pain that you've created, it kind of gives you an ending too. And you mm. don't really kind of know sometimes that maybe stuff that really you didn't think was that bad. Really hurt someone. I remember learn, I learning that when I played football in high school. I would, I would hit someone. And I didn't realize, because my head rung a little bit, I didn't realize I fucked them up. Yeah. And you don't realize that. Or someone does, hits you and they don't mm-hmm. realize that you're like, where that the hell the am life I? Knocked out yeah, yeah. And you don't realize that. That yeah. there's like, oh, you don't realize that my, we had the same impact. But from where I was coming from, the way I was angled, didn't hurt me half as bad as it hurt you. Yeah. 
This is crazy. And I think a lot more people, I think every human should really kind of realize the ripple effect you have. Yeah, but then that means if you have to acknowledge the ripple effect, then you need to be held accountable for your actions. Oh, absolutely. On a day-to-day But th- isn't, that, level. isn't that the underlining thing of all of this? No, because... Of well, like, because, like Me Too? No, and- but the thing is, the, the, the issue with this country specifically is we have afforded ourselves a certain level of privilege. Yeah. Every, everybody in this country, mm-hmm. from poorest to richest, has a certain level of privilege. IPhones. We can say whatever the fuck we want to yeah. say. Yeah. We can eat whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. Like, we can carry ourselves in however way we want. You know, unless it's detrimental to somebody else's person or whatever, or property. But we have a lot of privilege in this country. I mean, it's like it's not like the poorest people in this country get spat on or yeah. get their houses burned down yeah. or get kicked out. Like, I mean, of course, of course, there are examples of that, like tent cities and shit. But when you look at other countries, like we, America has a lot of privilege. We have a lot of choices. And we also, have a lot of freedoms. A lot of dirt went into that. Yeah, and but and because of that privilege. Now it's boiled to a point where people are like, oh, well, I shouldn't be held accountable for my yeah. actions. Yeah. Why me? Why well, you me and not that person? And you know what it is, is it's when you've separated yourself from mm-hmm. primal needs and, and, and real problems. Yes. And, and you've, you've padded it. It's basically what happens to rich kids. Yeah. They forget how to survive. Oh, yeah. They're terrible. All right. I know you have to run, but yeah. really quickly, I like to end this the way I end all my podcasts. Um, Dan Soder, what makes you a social misfit? I hate crowds. Even though I perform for them, <laughs> I hate talking to people I don't know unless someone I really like introduces me. Oh, but I, that's not how we met. What? I don't remember how we met, but we just started talking. You're a comic. Oh, oh okay. That's that. different. Okay. If you're a comic, I'll talk to any comic. Mm, until you realize they're batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that's always <laughs> the way it works for me. I jump in and then I'm like, oh, blah, 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 yep. this person's nuts. Yep. Fuck, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Yep. Um, yeah. Next time I come on, we still have a lot to cover. Yeah, we'll do a part two. Okay. Yeah. Deal. What a lovely day in the park. It's so nice. With my hot ass feet. (laughs) Ever since we said that, I've been thinking about how hot my feet are. And I'm like, where I'm going next, I'm like, "Ah, can I take my feet off in this meeting? Yeah, (laughs) no, get get you like those, like those Nikes, the mesh shoes. Yeah, I got to, ah, dad, more dad shoes for my dad knowledge. No, how about this? We'll go shopping and we'll do some stuff that help make you look hip and cool. Deal. Um, where can people follow you on all your social media that you don't? At Dan Soder. DanSoder.com. <laughs> I check Twitter occasionally for my study while I drink my chamomile tea. Oh, my God. And that's real. Instagram I want all the time. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Dan. Thank you guys Thank for you listening. Have a great day. Enjoy the wonderful weather. Bye.